0: Mimosas with Hermosa. I'm your host, Bailey Palmer.
1: And I'm your co-host, Kara Jeffcoat.
0: We, um, we had a good first episode of season two last week. Um, we got a lot of listens, so I give a lot of credit to having you as a host, Kara. I think this is a good move for us. Thanks. I might be a little bit popular. <laughs> you might have some friends.
1: <laughs> Just a few. <laughs>
0: um today's episode we are gonna emphasize parenthood and i don't have kids i have a dog she's really cute but i have no idea about anything of parenthood and kara has three little chitlins and they are cute as buttons and i want to get her perspective on being a parent being a young parent all of that so we are going to dive real deep into that today Um, I know I have a lot of friends that are parents or working on becoming parents or something. So, um, we're just at that age where everybody's having kids and, um, yeah, so I think this is going to hit a lot of people. And I always thought you were a hilarious parent. Some of the stuff you post on Facebook just cracks me up, um, and makes me love you anymore. So, um, to get started, why don't you introduce your kiddos?
1: Okay, so I have Caroline, who is seven, and I have Olivia and Sloan, who are twins, and they are four. And this morning, I was telling my kids that I was going to record a podcast episode tonight, and I told them it was going to be about parenthood, and Caroline begged me not to mention them. So I'm not sure how this is going (laughs)
0: to (laughs) work. How do you be a parent without the kids? I
1: said, you're what makes me a parent, so sorry, I'm going to mention you. She said, well, if you say anything about us, just make sure it's funny. Got it. Deal. (laughs) Challenge accepted. (laughs) So Caroline is um, into gymnastics. She's into, uh, at this stage of her life, she's very sassy, and she has an opinion about everything. You would think that they would grow into that maybe at age six or seven. However, Olivia, the girl's twin, was born with that. And so she is a ball of spitfire. Everyone needs to know her opinion. She will make it very well known. If she doesn't like you, you're going to know it immediately. She might like you after a few minutes, but the chances are not good, honestly. Um, She is a real grump most of the time, but she loves hard when she decides that she's going to love you. Sloan is my boy twin, and he is... A mama's boy I love him I Love him, of course but you know they always say that moms and sons have a special place and that's true with Sloan and I um he has definitely gone through his moments of having really bad behavior and being very mouthy but I find that I've survived I've survived this stage of my life by keeping a wooden spoon in both doors of my car. So I have a wooden spoon in my driver's side. I have a wooden spoon in my passenger side. (laughs) And I sometimes carry it in my purse. Uh, At church, if I go into a restaurant, it's carried in all the places. And so my kids, I I don't necessarily use use them on them all the time. But I wave them around, like, as a threat because they just need to know that that's there. And I'm sorry if you don't believe in corporal punishment. I understand that there's a time and place for both. But I strongly believe in it in my household.
0: So, like, the whole gentle parenting movement it's not your speed?
1: No, I'm much faster than that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I get it. We had, um like, rope halters and all kinds of stuff like sometimes my dad would make us go pick our own willows oof yeah i mean not really me i was i was the angel child i didn't ever get in trouble but you know okay so your oldest is seven so that means you had to start having kids pretty young
1: yeah so i'm 30 i had caroline when i was twenty. 23. Sorry, I don't do math. That's (laughs) not my forte. So when I was 22, had her when I was 23. So yeah, very young. And uh, I always knew I wanted to have kids. I wanted to be a teacher as a kid. And I have a teaching degree. And I'm thankful I've chosen not to use that degree because there's enough of that at home currently. So I get my fill that
0: when you wanted to be a teacher what age group did you want to teach
1: second grade oh and that's currently the grade that caroline is in and she's a dream right now she's a really good kid does have an attitude but being my child i would expect it right i wouldn't
0: expect anything less
1: i can understand it a little bit however i'm good with not being a teacher at this time of my life
0: does she helped with the twins a lot
1: she was very helpful when they were babies she was excited about having babies at home but now that they are always in her room and in her stuff she's not interested really they're an annoyance in fact this week I went through her backpack and there was some homework in the backpack sent home from the teacher and I believe it was a Martin Luther King Jr. activity and it said how would you make a difference in the world if you could make a difference in any way? And the very top line said, change my sister's attitude. (laughs) (laughs) There were other things on the list, like make sure he has a house. And uh, I don't even remember the other thing, but it was change my sister's attitude or help my sister's attitude be better. And I just thought that's, my number one prayer right now, I'm falling on my knees, asking God to change Olivia's attitude because it is so bad. So everybody sees it. She sees it and she's done with it. So she is a great big sister when she's in the mood to be a great big sister.
0: Is it like the twin thing? Obviously, they're very close. So like, is there like an oddball out ever or they're all pretty tight or do you notice a difference between the two versus the one?
1: Changes by the day, honestly. I think that Caroline and Sloan have the best relationship, but they all are really close. They like to hang out with each other when they aren't on each other's nerves. I don't know that there's an odd man out most of the time, but Olivia and Sloan are inseparable.
0: That's for sure.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So when you found out you were having twins, what take us through the roller coaster because i'm sure it was a roller coaster oh my gosh
1: um okay this is the truth here comes here comes <clears throat> do you know those facebook things that say these are the names of the women who are going to get pregnant in 2022 mm-hmm. so there was one i had the twins in 2017 there was one In 2017, the beginning of the year that said, these are the names of the women who are going to have twins in 2017. And my name, which is Kara, was spelled correctly with a C, which is odd. It's normally spelled with a K. Right. And I took a screenshot of it and saved it and told no one. (laughs) Because... First of all, Mitchell did not want to have any more children after Caroline because he was afraid we would have multiples. And then we did.
0: Really? It was a fear already?
1: It was an intuition of some sort. And then I had this screenshot moment on Facebook where I was like, this feels like it's heavier than what this random Facebook survey thing is. And so I saved that screenshot so we have a doctor's appointment to get the first ultrasound. It's at like 445. We get in the office and, and the nurse comes by and says, your doctor is in emergency, surgeon." You're not going to be able to be seen today. Can you come back Monday? Monday to be seen and scanned and we'll see what happens then. And I say, no, ma'am, I have this like, overwhelming feeling that I need to be seen that day and it's all the doctors are gone Is there anyone in this building that can scan me she says I'll go see who I can find I, I say I live an hour away I don't want to have to come back on Monday I'm going to have to miss work again I just need someone to scan me in this building because I had this overwhelming feeling that it was going to be twins <sighs> So she leaves the office and she comes back with the head of the department. And she was a very dry woman. She comes in, sits down, very business. And she says, I'm going to go ahead and scan you. She begins to do the scanning process. And she says, oh, there's two. And I said, no. And Mitchell immediately drops his head down and begins to, like, groan. And I said, no, that's, I know that's a joke to say, but no. And she says, no, I'm serious, there's two in here. And Mitchell groans again. And she says, you know, in the past, this isn't the way this normally goes. The female, the one who's pregnant with the twins, is the one who's groaning. And the husband, thankful that he gets it all over at one time, is happy because he doesn't ever have to experience pregnancy again. (laughs) A twofer. And Mitchell stops her and says, we already have. I've got the one already. And I didn't want to do this again because we were going to have multiples. And now we have multiples. And that's the whole thing. So we get done with the appointment. It's now like 515. The whole clinic is closed. We go downstairs. They tell us that we need to take blood work before we leave. And we're sitting in the waiting room waiting to be called back to get blood work done. And All of a sudden we realize our car is too small, our house is nearly too small, like everything that we had compartmentalized in our life, we were now grown out of. And there was just this panic. There was no one talking, no one was saying a word, but it was as if we realized it all at the same time. So we got in the car after the lab, we went home, and... (laughs) I jumped on the back of the lawnmower and mowed the grass until I couldn't see it anymore, until it was dark outside, and I cried the entire time. Worship music up and cried until I could not see the grass anymore, while Mitchell cracked open a beer and watched football and probably cried himself. (laughs) And when I was done mowing and I couldn't see the grass anymore, I got off the lawnmower, I walked inside, and we sat down and we talked about what this looks like. What do we need to do? What changes do we need to make? How do we need to budget differently? We both had different jobs at that time, and so um, we had a lot of heart to heart discussions, and we just kind of came together and said, "All right, let's do it." But it has been an absolute roller coaster with those kids
0: i I obviously haven't known you that long, and we made that very clear in our first episode, We're trying to get to know each other. but if anybody could handle twins, it would definitely be you like, okay.
1: It's because I'm not a helicopter mom. I, I don't have the energy to be a helicopter mom. Right. If you're going to go and choose to do the things that I tell you not to do, and it's going to either get you hurt or um, you're going to experience heartache or things aren't going to turn out in the way you want them to, I just need to let you do that. Right. That's been hard, though, because I'm kind of a control freak. <laughs> and I can not do scream at my kids and say please don't please don't know that you're going to regret it and this morning when I was having the conversation with Caroline about the podcast I asked her is there anything that you would want me to change as your mom is there anything I should do better or worse and she said and I said it she said I think you're already a really good mom and I said well do you think I'm the best mom and she said no I think there's probably other moms out there that would let me do more things and I said well I think one day you're going to realize that What makes your mom a good mom and what makes other moms good moms are the things that they are they stand by and they don't let you do because they have your greater interest at heart and they don't want to see you fail or go down the path that's going to hurt you. And I think later on in your life, maybe when you have kids of your own, you're going to realize that that's actually what makes a mom a good mom. And she was like, I think I understand what you're talking about.
0: So anyway. He sounds way too smart for her own good
1: she's really smart yeah we love that girl
0: um okay so you're now 30 Mm -hmm. your kids are growing up if you had any advice to give your 23 year old self starting this journey of parenthood knowing what you know now what would you tell yourself
1: buckle up that's really all I got. I there's nothing. There's no book that could have prepared me for all that parenthood has brought. There's no book that could have prepared me for the amount of sass that my girls would have, and the ways that would jump on the very last nerves like a jump rope. I mean, just wrap that thing around him and go. <laughs> there's no way to prepare for that. So I would. I buckle up, take it one step at a time, one day at a time. When they were infants, the twins, I remember thinking, I have this much time, this many minutes until the next nap time or this many minutes until bedtime. And even now when they're four and seven, I think, okay, there's 20 minutes until bedtime. I can, I can hear this because sometimes it's just wild in my house. The mouths are flying. I can't stop. They don't care what I'm asking them to do. They want to run around like little wild Indians and ransack at that point. I may have just cleaned it two hours prior. I think you just kind of have to make it to bedtime each night. That's the goal. There isn't an end goal. I mean, obviously I want to make these kids understand the importance of good decisions and all the long-term decisions. We make for our kids as parents, and all of that's going on in the background. Mitchell and I are having lots of conversations about that, but the main goal each day is to make it to the end of the day and every and that's really the maximum goal I put for myself for the day because it can be that overwhelming
0: see, and that's why I appreciate you, and that's why I wanted you on this podcast because. I think now, a days, especially with social media being a highlight and everybody showing their, like, perfectly curated um, baby toys and nursery and all this stuff, they forget it is a lot of work. And they forget that it's okay to say it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And they forget to say, like, you know what? My kids drove me nuts today. And, like, you don't see that anymore. You see the, oh, this is the best thing that ever happened. And, yeah, it is. But... Like all good things, it takes a lot of work, a lot of sleepless nights, and a lot of effort. And I, that's why I appreciate you a whole lot because you are going to say it right. takes a lot.
1: Social media is definitely the highlight, highlight reel of parenting. I find, though, that to the moms around me and even the dads around me, we all have this fear sometimes that when we get, we haven't really said anything Fulfilling to our children. Some days are just going to be that way where you get to the end and it's Did I tell my kids I love them today? You
0: don't know what that is. Hold on. There you go. Okay.
1: We'll figure that Did I tell my kids I love them today? Did I uh, shower them with love of some kind? Did I? compliment their hard work did I thank them for what they did do around the house even though sometimes it felt like they didn't do anything I asked them to do I think we all have those parenting and I don't know that any parent thinks that they're a rock star parent but like I said if you just make your goal just to survive and make that day the best that you can make it there's always tomorrow to try to make it better we can't
0: do it all in one day what has been your hardest day as a parent? Like, what happened on the day that you were like, holy cow, this is impossible? Well,
1: let's see. It was Tuesday night of this week. This was the hardest day, but it sure felt like it. I had been a stomach bug going around the daycare of the parents, and they both came home and were complaining about their stomach hurting. and they didn't want to eat their their dinner all of a sudden about seven o'clock Sloan says he needs to throw up he goes this is going to get graphic so I'm sorry to the listeners but and I'm particularly sorry to Bailey because she doesn't like this kind of stuff but he is a pro at throwing up he's thrown up several times throughout his life I don't know that that's something that you want to be a pro at but he's got it down he knows exactly what you need to do at the toilet except for this night when he walked to the toilet to throw up and did not raise the lid and everything that he had eaten in the last four hours went all over the lid, which then had nowhere else to go, but all over each side of the back down the front, literally like around the entire perimeter of the toilet, both inside and outside on the floor, on the rugs, there was throw up everywhere. So, it took me probably 20 minutes to clean the toilet. And at that point, you just kind of hope and pray. It stops there. Except that it didn't. And because twins, particularly my twins, don't share anything that they're supposed to share, but share everything that they're not supposed to share, like a stomach virus, there were three hours later when Olivia was then throwing up all in her bed. And so, of course, that begins the laundry that has to happen with this stomach virus. So we throw all the laundry in the washing machine. And then I get Olivia in her bed. I walk back past the bathroom and Sloan is throwing up again. This is his third or fourth time to throw up. They yeah. threw up all night long. I finally got them to stop up about 6 a.m., So that's 7 p.m. to 6 a.m. that someone was throwing up most of the time. I, of course, have no sleep. And I walk into the laundry room and there's laundry overflowing, which, by the way, I didn't do for two more days because, I I mean, I didn't fold it for two more days. I washed the throw up. I washed it. (laughs) I didn't fold it for two more days because, like I said, I'm just surviving till the end of the day. I had to still work from home the kids were there with me, it became clear to me why, again, I don't have a work-from-home job and I do my very best to go to work each day so that I don't have to work next to the kids because they have 100 questions, they still have all their needs, and all my work things are still needed from me as well. And so I have this really graphic picture of the toilet when slums threw up on the lid and I won't share it with Bailey because she'll she's going to throw up too
0: yeah no I do, I, I do <laughs> a lot of things but kid throw up is not one of them so
1: that was a very hard day for me it was a very hard 24 hours because it took me until 8 p.m the next night back to sleep after not sleeping for very much and were the kids super cuddly and cute and it was fun being home with them sure but none of us were giving our best selves to each other. They didn't feel well. I was exhausted. I was probably at my wit's end by the end of the day. There's not a probably to that. I definitely was. So that was a very challenging day for me. And there's been several like that, but those aren't going to stop coming. And I know that the challenges that are ahead of me are probably going to look infinitely different than the challenges that I have right now, because we're just moving through stages. But. I'm thankful to be on this trip with my kids, and I'm thankful that Mitchell is super supportive and helpful. Um, so yeah, that's stories from Barxville.
0: My my favorite kind of. Oh. As <laughs> we all know. <laughs> okay, so yeah, rough day. Not a fan. Would scare a lot of people that are wanting to become parents. Mm-hmm. Best day. You could have a few if you really wanted to.
1: Oh, man. That's hard. I love to laugh. I love belly laughs. And I have a super pronounced belly laugh that everybody seems to notice. And so I've thankfully passed this belly laugh on to all three of my kids. And I think a best day, in my opinion, is one where we can spend the majority of it belly laughing and it's not at each other's throats for this this one stole this out of my room and this one is in my business and all of that type of things that you'll normally see with siblings i don't know that i can pinpoint the best day but it's just one where we all seem to get along and people generally seem happy to be in that house together because there's definitely days when that's not the case
0: (laughs) (laughs) what do you look forward to most as your kids get older
1: I'm liking this stage that Carolina's in where she's able to form opinions and she's able to see different perspectives. So her opinion is strong. But when I say, well, let's think about it from this perspective, she's able to brainstorm that a little bit. For example, for Christmas, we got her a journal to write little things about herself in so that she can kind of explore who she is as a person. And each week there's a different activity in this book and last night she opened the book and it was a would you rather activity. And one of the questions in the book was would you rather have two noses or one eye. And she was very quickly to say she wanted she could she said, "Mom, think about all the things that I can smell that smell so good." And I said, "Well, what happens when you smell all the bad things times two?" and that stopped her and she was like really brainstorming about what that would look like if it's not always going to be good smells it's going to be not like
0: smelling roses every day
1: <laughs> right there might be barf that you're smelling <laughs> times two literally because both of them are throwing up so what does that look like when you get to brainstorm on the different ways that life throws curveballs at you She's able to see that now and see different perspectives. I I'm, I'm really enjoying that. I'm excited for Olivia and Sloan to maybe get to that point. I often wonder if their opinions and perspectives will be complete opposites because that's just the people that they are. They're inseparable but so opposite in their personalities. Um I'm excited for my kids to come into like extracurricular activities. Caroline is into gymnastics right now. She loves volleyball. Olivia and Sloan are almost to the age where they can start playing t-ball and things like that. So I'm excited to see what they excel at or what they really enjoy doing and maybe don't excel at, but they give it their best go. Right. Uh, I'm not really a super athletic or artsy person where I'm pushing the (laughs) success of my kids. I just really want them to have a good time. Uh, All those scholarships would be great. I'm not really after that at this point. I just kind of want them to have a good time and learn who they are. And we'll love them for that, for sure. So that's what I'm looking forward to. What
0: are you most nervous about, about them getting older?
1: Um, Olivia and Sloan start public school in August, and I'm very concerned about feedback we're going to get from teacher. <laughs> I don't know what that's going to look like. They're both very vocal about what they want to do and don't want to do. And Olivia is going to tell the teacher what she thinks about her. So I'll just go ahead and bear down in prayer for that.
0: (laughs) I love it. Okay. True or false. You have a list of quotes from your kiddos.
1: True. True. I have them.
0: We got to hear some of them.
1: Okay. So. Olivia was at church one day. I think she was three at the time. Who's, I, hope, I hope he listens to this, and he's going to think this is hilarious because it was so hilarious when it happened, but our pastor has a pretty large nose. He's the sweetest ever, 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 like a second dad to me, and this is just, just makes him who he is, and we just love him, love his nose. So Brother Stan, name-dropping says, Olivia, I love your hair. And she looks at him for a second and she goes, thanks, I love your nose. (laughs) And all of us were like, oh my gosh. No, she didn't. She's noticed. This week, she was watching Peppa Pig when we were at home with the stomach virus. And I've never noticed this before. And this just shows you how aware kids are to the things around them. And I just look at this cartoon character and don't think anything about it. She says, mom, Peppa Pig's eyeballs are crooked. I'm like, what? I've never noticed this. What are you talking about? And so I look up at the screen because I'm working on my laptop. I look up at the screen and she says, she only has eyes on one side of her nose.
0: Fascinating.
1: I've never noticed it. Never noticed it. So that was interesting for me. Um, What else? There was one time when Sloan was, I don't know what he was watching, but he looked at me, stopped everything he was doing, and he said, Mom, we don't say damn. We say ma'am. Dago. And I thought that was pretty cute. I mean, he gets it, right?
0: Right. You're doing something right.
1: I think so, too. But, I mean, well, whatever. (laughs) There's one time when Olivia was watching a mom at the babysitter at the daycare I guess she had been watching this mom at the daycare earlier in the day and so when I got home that night I was getting ready to get in the shower and of course taking all my clothes off and she's standing there in the bathroom with me and she says mom so and so I'm not going to say the kid's name so and so's mom's butt does that and I said does what and she said shakes when she walks
0: (laughs) oh no Oh, no. <laughs> like, my next question is, oh, there's Phoebe. <laughs> my next question is, how do you respond?
1: I-, I just laughed. I mean, yours probably does too when you walk.
0: Oh, very much so. No, I mean, Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you meant mine. I said, uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> I love it. There was another time when. Gosh, she's going to listen to this in 20 years and kill me. She said, Mom, why would someone else put their finger in their butt, put poop on it, and then wipe their finger on my finger?
0: So that actually happened to her. Like,
1: she put her own finger in there. No. They're disgusting.
0: That's nope don't like that that's a no from me (laughs) how do you okay what was your response to that go
1: wash your dadgum hands you nasty that was my response are you kidding me you're gonna blame that on somebody else there's nobody else awake in this house
0: (laughs) oh wow like the imagination is running pretty hard in your house
1: There was another time I was getting ready to get in the shower again, and Caroline was in there. And she asked me if her friend's mom also had the same body hair that I had.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the response was, I have no idea, lady.
1: (laughs) The response was, I have no idea, and you better not ask her. That's not a question you're going to go to school tomorrow and ask. <laughs> Thank you. And this conversation never comes up again. And here I am putting it on a podcast.
0: <laughs> I love it. I can't wait for her to hear this when she's all Oh, like, my she's gosh. Like, she's oh, going to hate no. <laughs> me.
1: She's going to hate me. Anyway, it's really every day there's going to be a different thing that they say that's funny. And I guess I kind of expect it because... I come from a witty family. Mitchell does too. So they get it honestly. But sometimes it just knocks you in your tracks, stops you in your tracks and just like says, where did y'all get this? And why are you so funny? I'm so proud of you for being so funny. Really, that's what I think. When they say things like this, I'm like, gosh, you're funny. I love it.
0: That's when you know you did a good job. (laughs) Because I I feel like now... And maybe it's always been this way, but again, social media and the media and all this has put, like, such a spotlight on it. Like, having your own personality, they try to rein it in. Mm -hmm. Like, I was a very personality-type children. Wow, that was a sentence. I had a big personality as a child. (laughs) But I got so strung out on perfect grades and all that that I kind of lost that for a long time. Like, Probably, like, elementary school, middle school. Like, I was bubbly, fun, didn't care about anything. And then I wanted to get serious about school because I had a knack for it and I had a shot at doing some good. And I lost my personality. And I think recently I have found it again. And people are like, who are you? I'm like, no, I've always been this. I just lost it for a minute.
1: Exactly. And I think that goes back to one of the episodes that you did on season one about people-pleasing. We get so in the weeds of the people pleasing and I I can see some of this in Caroline for sure, where she likes the reaction that she gets from people when they're pleased with her performance. And so she's constantly striving to be better. And that's a really good quality to have until you look up one day and you have no idea who you are because you've spent so much of your life trying to make sure that you meet the expectations of the people around you. I think you and I have both experienced this in the last couple of years really have this awakening of who we are so I kind of hope that I can champion the things that my kids are now even in their not so good not exemplary statuses and find some silver lining and even the things that they can be creative in that aren't necessarily straight A's I don't know that's going to be
0: sure But I I will say, as an outsider, like I said, I don't have kids. I don't have any of this perspective at all. But, like, obviously, your kids are observing fine details in life, like Peppa Pig's eyes. Mm -hmm. They are also observing their mom championing who she is, becoming who she wants to be. And I think that's a good role model to, to be. Instead of being the tiger mom or the helicopter mom, making sure that they achieve all this stuff, making sure that they find out who they are early is a huge thing. And I think that's so cool to watch from afar because I love my friends' kids, but I'm not going to watch them. I'm not going to hold them. I'm not going to do that. But watching you as a friend and then your kids get to look up and be like, wow, mom is just crushing it and she's so authentic, they're going to want to achieve their authentic selves too. Right.
1: I am thankful that I've kind of realized who I am, and I'm still trying to figure out who I am, what I want for my life. I'm thankful it's happening at the time that it is, because my kids are kind of able to see it. And then in their more, oh, what am I trying to say? Malleable years, they can see that I am, trying to be as authentic as I can and so true to myself and true to what my wants are, um, what the greater plan is for me. That's definitely going to be a challenge though, as they grow up is trying to rein in the people pleasing. Obviously, I don't know that Olivia going to care what the people <laughs> around her think. Yeah. She's a rebel. She, child. she has her own wants and needs that she thinks she needs to meet. I definitely see it in Caroline. Anyway.
0: And it gets tough in a small town, too, because everybody's related or they know each other or whatever. And you end up being friends because you have to be. And so she might kind of mold into that. And then when she goes to college or doesn't go to college, whatever she does, she's going to figure it out. Right. So I think it's cool, like I said, that they get to watch you now. So maybe they don't have to go through that. But even if they do, they'll always come back to who they are as a person because right. their mom did. Right. That's for sure.
1: It's a super awarding experience. awarding, Rewarding experience. <laughs>
0: hey, Phoebs. Phoebe he really wants to be on the podcast. <laughs> <sighs>
1: super rewarding experience to be a parent. Some days it feels like it beats you to a pulp. But other... Wake up and you feel fresh and renewed and ready to go at it again and try to make that day best so um definitely wouldn't trade it I'm never gonna try to talk my friends out of having kids I just want you to understand that it is a lifelong commitment and you're not always going to be able to give your best self to the situation
0: (laughs) yeah And I think it's cool, too. Like, you're going to be honest about it. You know, it's not all rainbows. I mean, obviously, we've talked about just a couple stories in the last couple minutes that you're like, it's not all rainbows and roses. Like, it's tough work. But it is rewarding. Right. And it fills your bucket. And I think you get knocked down on those days because it's got to keep you humble.
1: Mm -hmm. You get too cocky.
0: That's when you lose (laughs) your good parenting skills
1: I think when your highlight reel become when you become I think that your highlight reel is actually your life and you wake up one day and you're like these kids are not who I've portrayed them to be yeah so that's a challenge just post the highlight
0: reel yeah and I I think you do but the commentary explains like what you had to do to get to the highlight And that's what I appreciate. And so like, if you don't know Kara and you're following because of me, you need to go follow Kara. (laughs) If you're a parent, going to be a parent, or even if you're not, like, it's hilarious. And it's, and that's the thing too, is like, you're not constant. You're not doing it for the gram, but every once in a while, you have a singer and it just makes my day. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: So one question for you though. Right now, at this stage of your life, you look at kids and go, I that I want them for myself. I definitely love all my friends' kids and I love being an Aunt Bailey. I just don't I want this for myself. When you meet the man of your...
0: Would you? You. you know, I'm going to open this up because <laughs> it's <laughs> probably going to come back and bite me. But my mom and I have actually had this discussion a lot. And, you know, normally your parents are the ones that are saying like we want grandkids we want grandkids my parents have never done that to me Mm
1: -hmm. and they've never
0: done it to my sister ever do they want me to find a man yeah so I'm not alone obviously that would be great for every parent (laughs) but you know they've never put that pressure on me and and it it was never like a, a discussion growing up of like you're gonna grow up get married have babies that was never the goal It was always, you're going to grow up and have a great job and be something. And that was the focus. And along the way, like growing up, I never, ever, ever, except for this dang dog that keeps interrupting our podcast. (laughs) I've never, ever, ever had the want to be responsible for a small human Mm -hmm. ever. And some people kind of take that wrong, especially people with kids. And I, I don't say it to irk them i don't say it to hurt their feelings because like they chose that journey for them and i'm on this journey for me right now and so to answer your question no i i don't have that intent um part of me thinks that i haven't met somebody because i will be my technically biological clock window when i do like, I'm getting to that point where I it's, understand. like, he hasn't shown up yet because it's not my journey to find a mom. This dog, I'm about to throw her outside, and it's cold outside. <laughs> it's freezing. We're not doing that. She's so contributing. Enjoy the song of Phoebe's people. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I don't know. You know, some guy could walk into my life tomorrow and... You know, I, I want to have more of him in the world, so I want to have kids. But I have never, ever, ever had a thought of, I want kids. That's, and that's totally
1: understandable.
0: It freaks people out. It makes them think that I'm cold. I'm not. I'm one of the warmest people you're going to meet. Absolutely. It makes them think that I hate their kids. I don't. I'm literally sitting at my house right now and you're looking at a baby shower present for a friend of mine, like, I will be there for them. But I I just don't, you know, I, I'm very comfortable in my life. I'm very comfortable in my routine. And I am a pretty selfish person, because I'm very independent. I've right. done it by myself for so long that I don't really want much to disrupt that.
1: I totally understand. And I, I commend it too, because I think Society tells us that as women, we're supposed to get married and be moms and we're supposed to raise them up and stay at home and make sandwiches for our husbands. And that's not the way this needs to go. And it makes me so proud of you that you've established a career and you know what you want for your life and you're making that a priority. And then you've decided this isn't what I want to do this isn't what I want to do and it's not for everyone being a being a parent is not for everyone some days I don't know that it's for me honestly (laughs) if I'm being totally honest but um I think it's really cool the perspective that you and I both have that differs on and it's not necessarily that our opinions differ on being a parent because we both know that it's very challenging and some days are harder than others but I think it's important to portray both sides of the coin that you don't have to be a mom. Society doesn't have to tell us that we don't have to echo what all the generations ahead of us have done. Um, And that's totally understandable and acceptable and should also be commended.
0: And like, some people might hear this and be like, Oh, she probably had a bad childhood. And, you know, that's why she doesn't want to do it or something's wrong, you know, to where she doesn't want to be a parent. And there's no, nothing like that. I had the best childhood of probably any of my friends. And that's a very bold statement. Like I had the coolest upbringing. I have the best parents in the world. And I just, that doesn't fill my bucket to have one. And I could be on this podcast in a year, meet somebody and eat my words, but I, I've never had baby fever. I've never had an inkling to go pick up a child or like take care of one. I've never wanted to help with, you know, babysitting at the local, you know, YMCA or any, I've never had that. And I'm not good with kids and they're not, they're not into me either. So I think like on some level, I've always known that I wasn't interested,
1: right I get it,
0: yeah, no, I had the best parents, and you know if and i I talked to my mom about this too, you know, I'm getting older, and so like she's less my disciplined mother, and she's more my friend, so we can have these conversations mm-hmm. and she was the same way. she grew up in a family of five siblings, she was the oldest, she took care of them all, she was you know the the champion of that family and she still caretakes for everybody but when we talk you know she's like I never really had that instinct either and you know my dad is obviously the love of her life they're gonna be at 40 years this year which is incredible and I know there's not a day that goes by that they don't regret having me and my sister but it wasn't Like, I have to have kids. It was a, I love this man. Like, I want more of us in the world. And that's where it ended up.
1: I love that. I love that. I think that's the best intentions for the way this should begin. Is, hey, we'd make pretty cute kids. And, hey, our kids might be super successful. Or, hey, our kids might be really cool if we decided to make kids. And not not just because society tells us we need to do that. Or because grandparents are requesting it or you know demanding it almost
0: yeah anyway it it makes it really hard to one the perspective that people think that like I'm anti their kids that's a very hard conversation to like try and explain myself but it's also really hard you know we are at that age where people are trying and it's not successful I mean I work in an IVF industry it's for cattle but IVF is IVF and so, like, we know the struggles. I'm not new to them. I've had multiple friends struggle. And so it gives me a little bit of perspective, too, of, like, I can't just go around saying, like, I'm never going to have kids. Mm-hmm. How Like, why would you ever ask that of me? Like, I've I've learned to kind of filter that because I don't want to step and hurt people. Like, I don't want to step on their feelings and, you know, cross a line. But like their want to have kids is equal to my want not to. And I think it needs to be normalized that we can talk about it.
1: That's true. And on the same side, on the same coin, but the different side of the coin, I often think when I talk openly about the ugly parts of being a parent, I think as soon as that comes out of my mouth, There's somebody who is like praying feverishly for these ugly parts of being a parent, of any sort of being a parent. And so just like you are guarded with your mouth about not wanting kids, I'm guarded with my mouth about making sure that I always portray um, an awareness of the blessing that I've been given while I'm waiting for everyone that I love to have the same blessing if they choose to have it, if they want to have it. Um, so I think we both have situations where we try to be more guarded about it, but from what I've heard from people who are trying to have kids, they appreciate the transparency on both sides too. They want to know the bad stuff and they want to know the good stuff and they appreciate that you are aware of both the bad and the good. And so just like you want to normalize talking about both sides, I do too. I, I think that infertility becomes such a taboo subject sometimes where people are afraid to share that they're experiencing it because so many other people haven't experienced it. But what they don't know is how many of those people who have children actually did experience infertility and chose not to talk about it. I know for sure that there's this huge population of people in the world who either have experienced loss or haven't been able to conceive that are choosing not to talk about it But that then alienates them. Mm -hmm. And just like having mom friends, I'm wearing a sweatshirt right now that says bad moms club (laughs) that I was given by a friend who also wears the sweatshirt all the time. We have our own club of being bad moms, right? I think that club needs to open up to more situations like the ones who don't want to be moms, but like the stories or the ones who, are really trying hard to be a mom and want with every part of them to be a mom and just haven't gotten there yet. Their time isn't here yet. And they're just in this waiting period. So I do think we need to normalize talking about every aspect of it and not just the highlight reel of pregnancy announcements.
0: Yeah. And, and making a production of it. It's
1: making a huge production, yes. Exactly. And it
0: is. It is a blessing. It's, it's exciting. It's a miracle. Like, the science part of me, thinking about the process of how pregnancy actually works, freaks me out. Because, like, every single thing has to go right. Yes. Like, every hormone, every, like, attachment, every, everything has to go right. And so it is a miracle. And Absolutely. And I would never take that away from anybody. Um, so, yeah, it's it's hard. And, like, pregnancy is a very tough subject or, like, raising a family, parenthood, all of that. Because no matter what you say, there is somebody who feels the opposite or who has different struggles or anything. And you shouldn't go during yourself like walking on eggshells but you also have to be cognizant of other people and so it's like a very fine line of that's right not just bulldozing through and just saying like i'm not having kids and that's that and if you don't agree with me tough nuggets it's like no like that's my journey and it's different than yours but i want you to be a part of my journey and so i will listen to yours and try and understand
1: and I think it's so important for people to understand that we have the best intentions, even if our opinions differ from theirs, mm-hmm. even if our stories and our situations differ from theirs. We have the best kindness intentions, wanting for you exactly what you want for you, even if it's not what we want for we for us.
0: Right. And it it shows you who your circle is too. Because I have a friend. Her name's Caitlin Farmer. Hi, Caitlin Farmer. And we're the same age. She got married uh, a little over a year ago. And we're at the same point where everybody's either married or having kids or on their second kid or trying to have kids. It's just it's that time of life. And she will call me and just say, I just need somebody who isn't pregnant or doesn't want kids to talk to me for a minute because she's getting overwhelmed with everybody having kids and she's not there yet. And she does want a family. I know that for a fact there. And so for her to be able to call me and talk to me about it means so much to me because she knows that the moment she has a kid, I will love it as much as I love her. But for right now, I'm a a break for her. Mm -hmm. And that's really cool. And that's what I want.
1: Right. That's awesome that you get to be that for people. And I hope that you being the one who doesn't necessarily want children but is here for every story and me being the one who has what seems like
0: eighty-five lot
1: (laughs) of children (laughs) (laughs) can be kind of a vessel of information or hope or laughs belly laughs for people who are maybe at different stages or not quite there yet or really dying to be in this position or maybe have theirs raised and they're reminiscing on stories of their own kids. I kind of hope that we can resonate with different groups of people. I think we cover a lot here.
0: Yeah. I mean, we're not far apart in age. We're having the same self-realizations, but we are completely different journeys to Mm -hmm. get here. And so I think like the wide spectrum is going to resonate with this and that's my entire goal that's why I wanted to talk about parenthood that's why I wanted to hear your wild stories about your kids (laughs) because they are awesome and I also like wanted to let you know that like you're doing a great job because you're going to give your kids enough grace to mess up and learn but you're not going to let them go down a path that they shouldn't and that's the perfect balance because that's what my parents did for me not that I'm perfect but I'm (laughs) and that's what they did for me they let me mess up they let me learn they let me jump off the couch after they told me not to but they also like wouldn't let me date a bad guy or they wouldn't let me you know make choices of going to the wrong school or stuff like that that's important
1: right i hope so i hope it all plays out check back in a few years and we'll see how it's going we'll <laughs> give a temperature check like on the jeff coat kids and just see
0: how the, <laughs> the jeff household is doing
1: oh, we're holding up.
0: barf spill.
1: <laughs> oof
0: yeah no thank you when phoebe throws up it's enough for me i can't imagine a kid
1: <laughs> i promise uh, i won't send you the horror pictures
0: <laughs> i appreciate that you asked me first like do you want to see this and i say no it's fine you won't send it to me
1: right (laughs) you have to prepare yourself for stories like this and and pictures it's really a lot to take in
0: oh man i can't imagine but um i do appreciate your transparency like i said if you're not following kara you need to um i hope this episode kind of strikes a chord with somebody um and if you're in our friend groups we can have these conversations we've had these conversations Um, I just want you to have these conversations in your own groups too. If you're not in my circle, find your circle, talk about it. It's okay. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Let's be kinder.
1: Let's be more accepting to people whose stories differ from ours. That's for sure.
0: What makes the world go round?
1: It's what makes us interesting. Think about how much fun we've had just tonight with totally
0: different stories. Completely different. Takes all kinds as everybody's always told me takes all kinds okay got anything else i don't think so okay i think we're gonna wrap this one up we'll probably touch on some of these subjects again because it's your life and it's important and it's hilarious i'll
1: have news stories by next week
0: (laughs) (laughs) well cheers Cheers to another episode
1: cheers we did it
0: (laughs) bye Bye.